Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. It's grading season, no matter what Jim Nagy says. It is I, Rob Paul aka the son of a teacher, so I was born to grade. And with me, as always, is AJ. Every GM gets an A-plus because they're a GM for a reason, Marchese. You just gotta trust the league on these things. <laughs> Today we're gonna go go ahead and grade every draft class from the AFC and NFC East. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft. On fire, rounds in heaven with my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Sports. Culture. Takes. Take line has it all. TakeLine is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear TakeLine every Tuesday, wherever you get your pods. And another way... To stay involved in the sports talk world is with the Locker Room app. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and to use. Talk to any of your favorite podcast hosts, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. In fact, I believe AJ's hosting a watch party right now for the Leafs game. AJ? Yeah, uh, it's the first intermission. Uh, we're doing some Tom Wilson talk. This 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 has got to go on for months and months. In the summer, we'll be doing more of that. Um, and we're talking about the first period. Four nothing Leafs uh, scored sixteen seconds of the game. Galchenyuk revenge goal. Uh, come and listen. All you need to do <laughs> is download the locker room app, free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow AJ and all the <laughs> other locker room studs, but and be notified when the rooms go live. Um. So, yeah, go download Locker Room. Speaking of locker rooms, there's going to be a whole lot of new NFL players in locker rooms on Sundays this year, AJ. Am I right? I, I don't know how I feel about that segue. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm indifferent. I'll, I'll tell you at the end of the show if I liked it or not. Okay, you think on that one. 
Uh, in the meantime, we are going to go through the AFC East, then read some ads, then go through the NFC East and grade, uh, grade the draft classes. We know, in theory, grades are dumb, right, Jim Nagy? Who cares? We watched all these prospects. We have opinions. We know how they'll fit in these offensive or defensive schemes. Uh, we're going to stick a grade on it. Maybe it doesn't matter, but it's still fun to talk about football players, and it gives us an excuse to enjoy the game we love. So uh, shove it, Jim. Uh, let's start with the AFC East. Uh, obviously, we go alphabetical because we're grading, and uh, we did well in school, so we know how the alphabet goes. And we'll start with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I guess we didn't really talk about the format of how we're going to do this. Are we stick the grade on at the top, going through? What do you want, AJ? Uh, it's totally up to you. It's <laughs> should we alternate to confuse the listeners like we usually do? No. Uh, let's let's hit the grade and then we'll go through the the class. Okay, you go ahead. I gave the Buffalo Bills a B minus. Hey, finish your drink. As did I. Now, they- yeah. It's a it's a weird it is draft because obviously they double down on edge going Greg Rousseau in the first round Boogie Basham in the second round uh, they take Spencer Brown in the third round they don't pick again to the fifth round they go with another massive high upside tackle and Tommy Doyle friend of the show so they their first four picks are just two positions yeah and then they get Marquez Stevenson in the sixth round I like that fit. Uh, then they double down with two DBs and Demar Hamlin, Rashad Wildgoose, and take Jack Anderson in the seventh round. I think, based because obviously the Bills lost in the AFC Championship last year, they're they're going to be a contender this season. Um, they took some a big swing with Rousseau and a big sp- swing with Spencer Brown, and I think you can understand why they of all teams would because if you look at their edge position. They've got trustworthy veterans. They've got uh, Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, but they need more high upside athletes on the, on yeah. the edge. And, and they, the sack production was a big issue with that defense. So taking Russo and Basham, who are two of the bigger, more explosive edge rushers in this class. And, and with Russo, you get the high upside bet. Obviously, only one year of tape, but dominant tape. And with Basham, you get this more of the high floor guy. So I, I kind of like the way they did that. Me too. Um, I was about to ask you, um, did them coming back and picking Basham make you like the Rousseau pick more? Yeah, because I had I had they get Basham sixty one. I had him as a top um, top forty player, a top thirty five even. And uh, but Rousseau, I had like way down in the eighties. I was not very high on him. So it does make it look better to me. Like I. I think Basham's going to have a, an impact sooner, and that that's not necessarily a bad thing that they'll take Rousseau along slowly, but I just thought that it was really interesting that they, they paired that those two picks that way. I think there definitely was a factor of watching Patrick Mahomes get absolutely run down against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and saying, okay, we know Edge is probably already the biggest weakness of our team, and if we want to get to the Super Bowl back since the 90s, uh, we got to get after Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and everyone else in the in the AFC. Um, so yeah, I, I think so. When you first of all, uh, I think getting Basham is great because he's that guy that, like you just said, is going to come in and contribute. Um, a safer dude. And then like yeah, I, I had Rousseau fifty seventh on my board. Uh, again, I wouldn't have taken him in the first round, but we're not surprised that he went in the first round. No. Um. So taking the swing on him is interesting, and I, I wonder how. They're going to get him on the field early, but 
Um, yeah, I, so I, also I, worth, I like doubling down like that. It's worth mentioning that both of them kicked inside at times yeah. uh, when they're playing the ACC, and that's something McDermott coming from Carolina and then to Buffalo, both both uh, both places he had been, is that, that is something that they, they had liked in the edge rusher, the versatility to kick inside on passing down. So I, I wonder if early on we'll see some sort of front that involves um, – bash him on the inside with Ed Oliver mm-hmm. and then Rousseau and Jerry Hughes or, or Rousseau and Addison or whomever on the edge just to get more athleticism and pass rush upside on passing downs. Yeah, they, they can definitely deploy a bunch of different looks, which is ideal it's fun. and fun. Yeah, exactly. So uh, definitely McDerm- McDermott's going to have a, a lot of fun with this group. Not not great look for AJ Epinesa though. No, I was going to bring that up as well, and understandably slow. So he didn't get on the field very much last year. When he did, he he was not making much of an impact. Um, sucks. I think we're both high on him. So I, I do wonder if he can make a leap, but it's, he, it wasn't a guy you're really betting on upside with that either with Epinesa. So uh, yeah, no, a, a rough it, luck. It, Another big edge, uh, like Epinesa, big boy, like those two. Yeah. But not nearly the same athlete as those two. I wonder if that uh, taking these guys who tested very well for their size, um, part of that was that them understanding that you need to be a twitchy athlete in the NFL to yeah, be a quite, high-end pass rusher. Quite possibly. And speaking of a twitchy athlete, at 93, that's exactly what they got in yeah. Spencer Brown. And, and, and to talk about Brown and Doyle together here, because I, I think Tommy Doyle was one of um, a lot of people's favorite day three type tackles. Yeah. Uh, just the, the size and the athleticism. Uh, both these guys are 6'8". Both of them are 320 plus. And um, it's interesting because it's another situation where neither will have to play right away. Like, I don't think Spencer Routes could play right away because no. they've got Darrell Williams. They've they've got Deion Dawkins. Like, their tackles are... are like the offensive line in general needs to improve, but though those two are going to be starting a tackle, I'm assuming Cody Ford's going to be playing guard for them, uh, and Mitch Morse is at center, obviously. Um, so they, it's nice that neither of them have to play early. I thought it was a reach on Spencer Brown. It's a big swing. I didn't love Spencer Brown. We're, I saw him more as a mid fourth round type of player. Okay, me me um, too. But at 93, that's not too bad. And like all things given, I I honestly expect him to go higher than this. So it's like. There, I don't, I don't hate it. Maybe twenty or so picks too early for me, but um, like you said, I think it's a good landing spot for Spencer Brown, where he doesn't have to come in and produce right away, because he's a big project. And I mean, definitely you see all the athleticism, but when you watch the tape, he's not a top one hundred guy. He's only going there because no. of the athletic traits and the size. Um, but but for a landing spot, I think that's a great home for Spencer Brown. Yeah, and again, it's kind of it's kind of fun that they double down twice, and then you get to the sixth round with Stevenson, who I think obviously they lose John Brown, yeah, or they move on from John Brown because they got so much out of uh, your guy last year, Gabe Davis, and it feels like Gabe Davis is going to step in and be the that third go the third option the uh, wide receiver for them, and Stevenson, like I'm by no means am I saying he's John Brown, but he's that type of skill set where mm-hmm. he is that kind of thinner, more of a big play deep threat who can help uh, as a return man as well. So I, li- I like that fit a lot too. Uh, and I-, I love it in the sixth round. Um, 
And I also like the Hamlin fit. I thought I thought in general their fits all made a lot of sense. Yeah. Whether the value was there, it wasn't always consistent that the value was there, but the fits in general all made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I t- totally agree. Quickly going back on Stevenson, and he's not going to have to produce early a- at all because they got four good guys ahead of him. I wonder what Manny Sanders is going to – his role is going to be in this offense. I'm, I'm not completely sure and how much he has left in the tank. But regardless, um, Stevenson, yeah. Specific role, um, but you, you don't have to get him on the field early. And like at two hundred three, I think that's like exactly where I had him. I think I had him two hundred six, so the value is perfect. And yeah, Hamlin just screams Buffalo Bills safety. Um, yeah, you, you can definitely see him going in there and learning behind Poyer and Hyde, and potentially and, and, turning uh, into into something. Yeah, yeah, Ham, Hamlin's a guy who's got some experience at corner as well, mm-hmm. which. Both Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer had yeah, coming yeah. to Buffalo, and obviously they both became high end starting safeties in Buffalo. Um, I like the yeah, I like the depth he can provide for uh, that group for sure. And then like Wild Goose two thirteen. Wild Goose is Wild Goose and Anderson. I thought were solid, not like jaw dropping value or anything, but again, good fits who provide depth. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. So overall, I. I I was leaning C plus, but I kind of like the double down. End up with a it's with a B minus. Yeah, it's hard to kill them because they addressed need. They took some swings. I really like the boogie Basham fit. Um, and and to me that kind of made up for where they took uh, Russo. Um, so I, I and it's it's buff. Like I I trust Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott to get the most out of most of these guys. Yeah, exactly, and. and just the potential of what Basham and Rousseau could bring into the to their team immediately, because not a lot of holes, obviously, um, kind of bumps them for me. Uh, I did like a, a value grade thing where I kind of just took where they went and where I had them on my board and added it all up. Does, I, first of all, I was doing this. I'm like, does this even make sense? I'm not sure. Does it make sense? <laughs> uh, kind of. Like I, I, I gave each player a fit grade and a value grade, and obviously, um, the higher picks. Okay, so here more goes into them. So like similar thought. Like I, I don't know how else you're supposed to come up. You can't just really you can't to me you can't grade a draft class just purely on value because teams draft for no, fit. no, no, no. Yeah. So my my grade grade is my overall grade. My value grade is purely just the difference between where I had them on my board and where I have them uh, where they went. So I they have a negative sixty six, which isn't a terrible grade. You'll you'll, cool. you'll see some worse ones. Okay. I like that. Okay, moving to the Miami Dolphins, who um, I give a B plus to. Uh, I thought they got some really, really impact starters early. Uh, really good value, really good fit. Lost me a bit uh, in the middle. Um, and then mm-hmm. got your guy Jared Dokes at the end, so they made up for it all. Yeah, I, I gave them an A minus, and probably that, the B plus to A minus bump is because of Jared Dokes. <laughs> Uh, okay, so th- obviously they, they take Jalen Waddle six overall. Ultimately, I think that made the most sense. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase gone, Kyle Pitts gone. Between Smith and Waddle, I think Waddle made the most sense because you need that explosive, instant, kind of turn anything into a touchdown type player to add to this offense, um, especially because. Because they, they, they don't end up really addressing the running back position. I mean, they got your guy Dokes, but they needed that. Like, Devontae Parker, two years ago, Will Fuller, at times throughout his career, have been big-time playmakers. But having that instant impact 
freak athlete who can burn you deep, but also yak, make yak plays and turn them into six. I mean, he's getting the Tyree Kill comparisons for a reason. Yeah, um, I, there wasn't. I think it, it, Go ahead, sorry. I just think it made a, a ton of sense to get that type of playmaker who can impact the game on the outside or from the slot, and I think he'll be he'll be playing it in the slot from day one, probably. Uh, agreed, and I, it's not like I got their yak numbers up in front of me, but. Uh, looking at the guys on the roster and, and just watching those Finns games last year, there's not a lot of yak in that offense. And yeah, no, exactly. Like, not, like not, not at all, really. And and so adding Waddle, I think it's going to – I mean, not just the familiarity with Tua, but just his skill set and, and the abilities that it opens up with having a reliable guy, like you said, probably starting day one in the slot, uh, opening up more of that underneath and the, the screen games for Tua. I, I think that is going to be – a huge thing in the development of Tua um, and maybe the rapid development of Tua this, this season. Yeah. And then they come back at 18. Uh, obviously grabbing an edge rusher was one of the most important things for them. Um, they, they get Jalen Phillips, who's the number one edge rusher on my board. Uh, I think another perfect fit. He should be starting from day one. I thought overall the the most complete pass rusher of the group. I thought between his get off, his hands, his motor, he can provide that instant flash of pass rush. And, and this is a, a, an interesting football team because if Tua clicks, they're going to be competitive. Um, so getting high upside but high floor guys in Waddle and Phillips back to back, I thought was big time. And um, I, I'm really interested to see what their front looks like. Mm-hmm. They. Obviously, they uh, they they moved Shaq Lawson, and to me, having Phillips opposite Ogba uh, in four man fronts with Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis on the inside, like it's a really interesting, fun group, and um, there's a lot of athleticism on this defense. Yeah, I mean, watching any Finns game, especially in the latter half last year, uh, Flores was just absolutely cooking up blitzes and having all different looks in the front, and they were getting after quarterback. So to add Jalen Phillips. Uh, First of all, I thought Edge probably made the most sense as, their, as the pick 18 there. And then what, obviously when it boiled down to it, they had their, their look at any of them. And Phillips was my Edge 3, but not far behind uh, Pay and Ojolari. Um, but I, I think he's the best fit of the trio too. Like you said, kind of kind of the blend between the size and the athleticism. And that kind of adds into the versatility where um, they can kind of deploy that entire front with, with different looks. And that's going to be a ton of fun because that, that – that Dolphins D in stretches uh, last year was the most fun defense to watch in the league. So just adding uh, someone like Jalen Phillips and next pick Javon Holland at thirty six. I where do you think Holland is going to fit into this defense? They cut Bobby McCain today, and to me that says that Javon Holland there they believe is going to be their day one starting free safety. Um, obviously, a guy who's got experience, kind of playing all over that Oregon secondary, mm-hmm. he can play nickel. I don't think he's going to need to play nickel necessarily in Miami they obviously draft Noah I last year yeah and they signed Justin Coleman this offseason for depth to that uh and obviously on the outside they've got Xavier Howard and Byron Jones so safety was kind of an underrated need with this team um and they signed Jason McCourty today which I'm assuming is more just corner depth yeah I don't I don't really see him being uh in in the mix for the safety spot but um Holland that the instincts combined with i mean we talked all day about how quickly he gets downhill and gets involved as a run defender um 
I, I, I think he's definitely got to be your day one safety. And, he, like, he's got the – like, he, you don't want to be playing him in single high all the time or anything, but he can do that. He can come down and cover tight ends. He can play nickel. He can be, be in the box. He, he can play in that two deep – um, like he, he looks comfortable playing quarters. He looks, he looks comfortable playing halves. Like I, I think he, that was another on the money fit value pick where it's a high floor, but another high ceiling guy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it just seems to me like between, uh, Howard and Jumpman, literally between them, the rest of the defense, Flores just wants something that he can kind of just go and tinker with to whatever the hell the offense is throwing at, at them. And mm. That is, I think that's a huge key in today's NFL is being versatile on defense. And um, Holland fit screams that. He was one of those guys that you can kind of stick him anywhere in the secondary. And, yeah, um, I, I think he's definitely going to be free safety. But um, it, it's going to be interesting to just to see how much they move him around. Um, I guess kind of, kind of like with Mika Fitzpatrick. But, um, yeah, like I definitely it is great. Like with Phillips and Holland, I think their floor is a really solid NFL player and Pro Bowl potential upside. The next two picks are kind of what slowed my grade on them. 42, they get Liam Eikenberg. Uh, 81, they get Hunter Long. Eikenberg, I think, is another like another high-floor pick, and I, I had him more as a, a late um, day-two guy, more, more, I guess, mid-third-round-ish. Okay. I'm interested to see if they're going to be playing him at tackle or if they're going to be playing him at guard. Uh, I'm guessing right tackle. What do you think? Yeah, I think that makes the most sense to to, to me. Um, and then you're, yeah, and then I, I honestly, first of all, I I 42, a little little early, but I was higher on him than you were. And I think after watching that off the line last year, obviously with a ton of rookies playing, um, I kind of like them just taking the safe guy here. And I mean, maybe better guys on the board, but still, I like I like them taking the safe guy. It makes sense and- to me. It's worth noting that like them taking him over like let's say Samuel Cosme, yeah, makes sense because they took the big swing on Austin Jackson in the first round last year, the high upside athlete with the maybe a bit of a lower four, and here you're just getting the guy who I think for the most part everyone can kind of the consensus with Liam Eikenberg is he's not going to be a Pro Bowl guy, but he's going to be a trustworthy like he's not going to be quite to the Mike McGlinchey level, but he's going to be a safe bet to start at right tackle for a long time. Yeah, and then and then Robert Hunt will kick into guard and I think that that that's a better home for him as well. Um hey, don't don't forget right tackle is to his blind side for, for what that's worth. So It's a good point. I, I think uh, and then the, yeah, I think I it's just hate the Hunter safe. Long pick. Yeah, I don't like the Hunter Long pick. Either. I I like Hunter Long a lot. Uh I had him 86. You I know you're a lot lower on him than I was. Um so you yeah, you, you, fourth you double hate it, but <laughs> I I don't I don't I don't I don't get it. I mean, I guess that means we're seeing Gaseki more as like a true slot outside guy. But even then, when you're adding Waddle, it's kind of like I'm not obviously they're not the same person in the least. But but last year Gaseki was lining up where Waddle's going to be lining up a lot of the time. I I don't know. Maybe maybe they just saw the most reliable quote unquote pass catcher to Did them. You, like I get the the thought process of wanting to pair. Gasecki with a more mm. natural inline guy, but Hunter, to me, Hunter Long was not like he doesn't block very well. No. He's a similar player to me to what Mike Gasecki is, and obviously they have Durham Smythe and they have Adam Shaheen. Um, not like I'm not banging the table for those guys, but if you're just looking for that kind of that more classic inline guy who can add a little bit on on rundowns, like I I think they're both better blockers than Hunter Long. Yeah, they are. No, they they, they are and. 
I don't I like I feel like some of the some of the people like evaluating long kind of just like saw a big white guy and assumed he's a good blocker and yes <laughs> I'm not saying he's a terrible blocker because he isn't and I'm not saying he can't get better but he's not that good and no. yeah I totally agree he's more in the Gusecki mold than he is in in a classic yeah. tight end two mold the other thought is Gusecki's got one year left on his contract yeah and this just spells the end yeah, uh, and then in the seventh round they go. get Larnell Lern- Coleman, who is from Brad Flores' alma mater, UMass, and uh, Jared Dokes. I kind of I like. Obviously, I love Jared Dokes. Uh, I think he's going to get a shot to get legit touches in this offense. So getting him at two forty four uh, is awesome. I thought he could have. Like, I knew he wasn't going to go in like the mid late fifth, but I thought he was that quality of a player. Um, so I love that, and I think Coleman's a nice swing there too at, at two thirty one. Big dude. Um, kind of a guy you can get in and just develop. Probably, probably kicking inside, but uh, someone to develop. Uh, so on to the New England Patriots now, who I've given a B. What'd you give them? Uh, I gave the Patriots a B plus, and I think the difference is uh, you're lower on Mac Jones than I am. Yeah, I, I I don't think Mac Jones was worth a first round pick whatsoever, but I also didn't think Kyle Trask. Uh, Davis Mills or Kel Mom were worth where they were taken. So, hey. Correct. Um, on the bright side, I think Mac Jones, the fit is really nice. Uh, obviously, he he fits what they did before the, they changed the offense for Cam Newton. I'm interested to see how that dynamic works, like if they're yeah. just going to have two different offenses for them. Because obviously completely different players. But I think Josh McDaniels is going to do a good job getting the most out of Mac Jones. Um, and and I, obviously the quarterback position is more important. But that is kind of – I just thought – I thought it was such a reach. I think Mac Jones could be a competent NFL starter, and I think he's in the place that's going to get the most out of him, but I still don't think he's worth a first-round pick. In, in reality, he's a reach, yes. But, <laughs> I mean, we knew he was going early. like So it's like it's it's kind yeah. of a whatever to me. I, I thought he was like, you know, early second, I'd take a gamble on him. Um, but like you said, there's not a lot of upside. And it really is going to be interesting to see, one, uh, who wins that quarterback battle going into week one? Uh, and two, like you said, it's it's that Patriots offense um, last year is absolutely completely different from what the Tom Brady offense looked like. And that's what you're getting at Mac Jones. Obviously, he's not Tom Brady, but that's a similar offense. So seeing how that's going to be clashing is really interesting. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know who's going to be starting week one. I mean, I guess you lean Mac Jones because of the investment, but you never know. And obviously, the offensive general um, personnel was going to look completely different yeah. too, right? Like they signed Nelson Aguilar, they signed Kendrick Bourne, um, they they signed the the pair of tight ends in Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Like the pieces are there for it to look a lot more like it looked. Like I'm not saying production wise, but like like how it schematically runs mm-hmm. a lot more like it did two three years ago. Um, yeah, definitely. Second and third round. Back-to-back picks that I thought, again, money fits. I thought New England did a really good, good job drafting guys who fit what they do both on, on both sides of the ball. Uh, third round, Ronnie Perkins. Second round, Christian Barmore. Um, Barmore, I think, th- this if he was going to fall out of the first round, this was th- the perfect place for him to land. Um, he, I, I think no other defense is going to get more out of his skill set than New England is. Uh, and he he has a good chance to make an impact pretty early on. I I would think they don't have a ton a ton. They have a lot of good depth on the interior, but yep. not a like a, a dude. 
Uh, they signed Devon Godchow. They have Larry Guy, but like Barmore offers so much more upside than a, a lot of what they've had in recent years. And then Perkins is just an energy. Perkins, um, I, I think could could take some time. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play very much first year, but is more of a long term plus outlook type player. Yeah, kind of like Josh Uchi last year, who it didn't get yeah, on the field too point. much. But uh, towards the end of the season, you got some decent play time and, and flash. But I definitely agree with that. Uh, Barmore, you can see him getting in there a lot. They, they love rotating their front anyways. Um, so naturally, even if he wasn't the best guy there, I, I think he, he's the most talented guy on the interior. Um, he's gonna He was going to get playing time regardless. So I think that is great. Um, I, yeah, good value with both of those picks. And my next two picks are good value too. So I thought after Mac, they, they hit some really good value picks. Yeah, uh, Stevens, Ramondre Stevenson in the fourth round, just my favorite. Fully, fully recognizing that Sony Michelle is is like nothing to them. Yeah. Um, Damian Harrison Stevenson should make, and obviously James White should make a, a fun trio. I like they they have too many they have too many rosterable running backs. That it's gonna be fun to see who they cut. I know, right? Um, but but yeah, ideally, Ramondre Stevenson becomes Legarrette Blunt two for the New England Patriots. Yeah, yeah, which was I think perfect and this was kind of right around the range i think we both had him too i had him 85th i was super high on him but this is like oh, where okay. i expected so you, him to you go love this yeah I yeah do. so th- this is yeah and and again the running backs dropped off quick yeah in this class like yeah. there wasn't outside of the top three guys i don't think anyone thought there was like a a, a true rb1 after the top three guys so i think stevenson another guy where good for the team better for the player almost that's kind of mm-hmm. how i feel about the first four picks yeah uh, and then and i should say the first five picks because cam mcgrown that's a, a guy we both think could have been a draft a lot higher um had circumstances not played out the way they did his last year at michigan uh he he fits the mold of the patriots classic inside linebacker and a, another guy who i don't think will necessarily have a role for a while but down the yeah. road, I wouldn't be shocked to see him being an impactful starter. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think this is the perfect, perfect, perfect landing spot for Cameron Grown. And if things are going to work out for him in the NFL, and he took that swing entering this draft, um, and obviously going the fifth didn't pay out, but maybe it will because I think it's going to work in New England. And just looking at this entire roster, um, if the quarterback position can get figured out, this Patriots team is going to be a lot more competitive than they were last year. A lot more competitive. I- Agreed. I, I really, outside of the Mac Jones reach, I really like uh, I like what they did in the second to fifth round. Me too. Uh, and then sixth round, Josh Bledsoe, who is a good fit as mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, I didn't love the value, but a good fit in terms of he's going to he at Missouri. He did what Pat Chung did for this Patriots defense. Yeah. He played a ton of overhang as a, like a strong safety playing uh, that overhang and, and matching up on tight ends and playing the flats. So I think that's a good pick for uh, a depth complement to like Kyle Duggar, who I think becomes the official, um, the official Pat Chung going forward. Yep. And then Sherman, I thought William Sherman in the sixth round, a guy who played tackle at Colorado, who I think will kick in the guard, but never anything wrong late taking an experienced offensive lineman who could play multiple spots. Agreed. Agree. Yeah. And and then. Nixon to me is like a poor man's Jacoby Myers. Trey Nixon, seventh round, uh, kind of a tall, lean, smooth, smoother than fast slot receiver. 
Um, I, I thought that, that if he didn't get hurt this year, I think he would have gone maybe a little higher. Yeah, no. I, so I like I don't I'm not blown away by any of those six round and later picks, but I think they're all solid picks. Um, yeah, they all make sense for the for the Patriots. Yeah, and sorry, I didn't I didn't see my Dolphins value. They got a plus forty five, and the Patriots got a plus sixty five. Oh. That's good, or is plus is good, right? Plus is good, yeah, negative is bad. But, I mean, okay. like, when you think about zero is good, right? So if you're in the negative, it's not even that bad, as long as you're not brutally negative. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think... And on to the Jets. <laughs> okay, on to the Jets, who I gave an A. Uh, I also gave an A to the New York Jets. So everyone knew, second overall, they're taking Zach Wilson. Uh, he, he was both our quarterback fours, but you can't, you can't really knock no. them for taking him. Um, cause he, like the way I feel about Mac Jones, where I thought that was actually a reach, like Zach Wilson was a first round quarterback. I just thought Justin Fields and Trey Lance were better prospects, but again, can't knock it. Again, really fun to see how, how, uh, how LaFleur t- like takes him along. And, um, he's going to be starting with one cause like without a doubt, and there won't be any controversy and. It just makes the New York Jets a lot more fun to watch. Uh, that is for sure. And, yeah, like, he was 10th on my board. Um, in any other year, like, if, if if my 10th player on my board was a quarterback and he went second, like, there was absolutely zero qualms. And I don't I don't have any qualms. Exactly. But I just had two yeah, quarterbacks know, ahead of him that went, yeah. The, 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 the thing we have to do while we do this is remove the fact that certain teams took really good players over Justin Fields, essentially. Yeah, and like I you think you have to remove that from your mind when we do this. Yeah, and I am because like, kind of like the deeper we got in the draft with the Broncos, especially like that's her ten pick in the moment. I didn't like it, but I love the player and it's a great pick, perfect it, fit. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Anyways, um, to the Jets. Yeah, and then go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, and then they they trade up. Joe Douglas trades up to fourteen. Um, he's been working chipping away at building an offensive line for a while now. Yeah, and gets Elijah Vera Tucker, who I. Th- I was a little lower on the consensus, but he's going to step in day one, be your starting left guard. Perfect fit for that Shanahan zone run, outside zone run scheme that Lafleur is bringing to New York. Um, put him beside Mackay Beckton. You've got you've got the perfect left side for ever. Yeah, exactly. So I agree with everything you just said. Like I I, I love the idea of just going and get another offensive lineman, uh, plug in beside Beckton. I like I like AVT. Uh, item twenty third. Ironically, they trade off from twenty third. I don't love them trading up to snag him, but uh, like, but when you put it all together, I got no. I really don't have any issues with it, especially like when he he was always going to go in that in that spot. But yeah, I, yeah. and it, you know he's instantly come in, and it was a huge need, and he's going to just solidify that left side of the line. Um, so I got I got no issues with it, even though I don't absolutely love it. I, I still think it's a really good pick. The the thing for me that makes it look even better is that at 34 they still get a go-to receiver in yeah. Elijah Moore who I I would have taken like a happily taken the first round he is now going going to grow Zach Wilson be the go-to pass catcher um should be I think starting from day one in the slot Denzel yeah. Mims Corey Davis on the outside uh, Jamison Crowder's career is up in the air now uh but Elijah Moore second best ball skills in the class to me after Devonta Smith one of the best route runners and yak players in the class tested really well um, I think he, he's an early candidate to just be, like, I don't want to say he's going to be the Terry McLaurin of this class, but, uh, I mean, he has a really good chance to be one of the most impactful rookie receivers right away. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. And I, I like I really like that 
trio of Corey Davis, uh, Denzel Mims, who we saw some really good flashes from last year, and then uh, Elijah Moore. And I mean, if you want to go four deep, I, I still love Jameson Crowder. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure where he's going to exactly fit in. But that that trio with Wilson, um, with the re- redone off the line, looks better. I, I don't think this Jets offense is going to be a disaster in the least, especially when you you come back and you add Michael Carter at 107. Yeah, and, and obviously that was the thing. They have no definite running back. They've got Michael Pira. They've got Tevin Coleman. They got Ty Johnson. Like it's a bunch of backups and Tevin Coleman's. Yeah, I think you would have penciled in as the starter. Um, not to say Michael Carter's going to take the starting job right away, but I think definitely has a good shot to impact the game right away because of what he can do as a pass blocker and pass catcher. Um, I think um, another guy who's a money fit for what Lafleur is going to mm-hmm. be running. Uh, has the, like some of the quickest feet in the class, really elusive, can play in that one cut and go style, even though he's not a, one of the biggest backs, but he runs really hard. I, I'm really excited to see what he gets to contribute. And I think it, it should be pretty early and often that he gets to play. Yeah, like realistically, it's only Coleman taking touches away. Ty Johnson does a little bit what Carter does, so I think he'll probably be RB3 with Carter too and and really Carter probably just it's a one and one A or one A and one B I think between Coleman and Carter uh by mid season, you know. I think I think he's gonna get a lot of touches right off the bat. And in the fifth round they take Jamie and Sherwood, um Michael Carter the second from Duke, the D B. Uh and, and your guy, Jason Pinnock from Pittsburgh. Um three D B picks in a row. Um really they they took they took five in a row because then they in the sixth round they take Hamza Nasiruddin and and Brendan Michaels uh, from Kentucky. Um, I I'm I'm it's interesting they got Sherwood and Nasiruddin. Yeah. Similar thoughts there. Um, I love I kind of love betting on the versatile linebacker safety hybrid types. Um, this late, I thought Sherwood would get overdrafted. I think he kind of went around where you'd expect mm-hmm. Cyril Dean to me if he's healthy that's a steal Carter's a, a guy who can play some nickel and play some safety Pinnock's a guy who you suggested is more interesting at, at, at safety and he played corner at Pitt and Eichel's a, is a, another guy who I think was overshadowed some by uh, Kelvin Joseph at uh, Kentucky and he, he offers some inside outside versatility too so uh, do you, do you... depth that they needed <laughs> yeah they just threw picks and they're going to see what sticks and obviously um, that that secondary was so bad last year, and they had a lot like Lamar Jackson was playing so much for them. Bryce Hall was playing a lot and looked pretty good for them. So just like I, I kind of like throwing all of these picks at the secondary and seeing what they can figure out. And I, I wonder how much true, well, kind of more more linebacker than safety we see out of Sherwood and Nasir Dean. And really interesting that they took both of them. I think maybe yeah. at 168, it was Nazir Dean was just the best player on the board, so they said fuck it and took I, him. I, I, I'm I wondering if one of them's the goal is to play one of them at, at least one of them at linebacker. I think, yeah. I, no, I think I think one guaranteed, uh, potentially both are getting looks at linebacker uh, off, off the bat. Re- realistically, like, <laughs> the Jets DB group is so bad. Um, but the only definite starter. Is Marcus May at free safety? Your Lamarcus Joiner is probably your starting nickel. I would guess Bryce Hall is going to play uh, corner, like be one of their starting corners. And Ashton Davis should yeah be playing some 
I would assume. Um, it's it's going to be a really weird, fun group. Um, their final pick in the sixth round, my guy Jonathan Marshall. Another worthwhile bet here where a guy who tested off the charts played um, kind of this this true nose tackle role at Arkansas where it didn't really allow him to use that athleticism to be a playmaker. So I like coming and coming, betting on that at 207. Yeah, I, I love this pick. And um, there isn't too, too much behind uh, Quinnen Williams at IDL. And and obviously they're, they're, they're changing looks. But, um, yeah, I, well, I, 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 go ahead, yeah. Uh, so I think in, in four-man fronts you're going to have Quinnen Williams in uh, Fadakasi at, at, at three and one tech. Yeah. Um, they signed Sheldon Rankins, which uh, another worth kind of worthwhile bet there, right? Yep. Um, and then in in three man fronts, I'm wondering if because Fadukasi obviously is your nose, Quinnen at five tech. I'm guessing Sheldon Rankins at five tech, but Marshall's combination of experience as a nose, but the athleticism to to kind of move around a little bit i think that's a really worthwhile bet yeah i love this and i i had him like 187 and and like i kind of like with the traits to to for someone to swing a little bit higher and and snag him so at 207 uh i think that's a great pick so yeah overall um it got got a little wonky with all the dbs but i don't even hate that at all and a couple players i actually do really like so yeah i think it's a and then again you got your franchise quarterback or who you hope is and you basically rebuilt that entire offense it's a great draft i a really really solid a and but funny enough my value grade is only a plus eight speaking of plus eight i wonder if you could get those odds on something and if you can and you'll find them at bet online this week has tons of sports actions the mlb nba and nhl are all in full swing Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, AJ, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Uh, not to mention, the Offensive Rookie and Defensive Rookie of the Year odds are out on Bet Online. Uh, so go to Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And if you're craving a, a meal on this, I guess we're, it's still spring, on this spring day as you're throwing back Miller Lights watching the Colorado Rockies hit bombs, well, we've got the place for you to get your steaks from. You work hard and you play hard, so treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steaks Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy, each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash-frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction, guaranteed, or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with the family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, mm. Kansas City strips, ju- juicy steak burgers, mm. all beef jumbo hot dogs, and Yum. even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house, AJ, this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code ST. Are we um, uh, anointing this summer the summer of steak? Uh, yeah, it's Steak Boy Summer. 
Stick boy. That was stupid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this is a group we've talked a ton about, I feel like, already. So we don't necessarily have to spend nearly the same amount of time as on it because it sucks, and I give it a C. I give them a C-. minus. Okay. I, 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 the Micah Parsons pick, it's hard to knock it just because, again, yeah. best defensive player in the class. 12th overall was right in his range. He's a really good fit. The position doesn't ha- have a ton of value, and the way the, the Cowboys have managed the linebacker group uh, hasn't been great. So I try not to factor that in. Yeah. Um. And, and he, like he, I mentioned the defensive rookie of the year odds are out. He is the favorite, and rightfully so, because he should be in position to make a ton of plays for Dan Quinn. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I don't know if I'd lay the juice on Micah Parsons, but... It's going to be interesting to see what his role is uh, come week one this year. Obviously, LV and, and Jalen Smith are still there f- for now, at least. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you'll see him coming off the edge a little bit more. Um, yeah, that's 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 a that's a good point to make because obviously they're lacking a true complement on the uh, opposite of um, Demarcus Lawrence. So. That that'd be an interesting way for a guy who played edge in high school mm-hmm. to find a, 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 a impactful role early on. Well, he'll he'll be behind Chauncey Golston though. Oh yes. Well, speaking of, so their day two picks, second round Kelvin Joseph, third okay. round Osa, third round Chauncey Golston, third round Nation Wright. You can yeah. argue all four of those picks are reaches. You can argue that outside of Kelvin Joseph, none of those guys were worthy of a top 100 pick. Um, I I think they like Kelvin Joseph went a couple picks too early, but I, it makes sense because he's such a high upside guy, five-star, goes to LSU, ends up transferring to Kentucky. Um, he has all the talent to be a corner one, so I think you can justify that pick. I still don't believe you can justify the other three I think Oso is gonna have a nice career as a rotational defensive lineman. I don't, I don't take that seventy-five, but it looks a lot better than taking Chauncey Golston, who I thought was gonna go undrafted, and Nation Wright, who I thought was gonna go undrafted. So, <laughs> I okay. So I let's start here. I'll, Kevin Joseph, I am like twenty spots lower, uh, but yeah, I'm not like, surprised he went not, here. That, yeah, exactly. So I and again need. Fit I, the fit is more like what I'm not loving because I thought there's better corners out there and less boomer bust corners. It's kind of a kind of too much of a swing for me for that for that Cowboys secondary. Seventy um, fifth, I like Osa. I'm a lot higher on Osa Digizua than you were. Um, so like I had him eighty third. So like it's still even a little like not that not enough to, to call it out. But when I thought I was high on him, uh, I'm surprised that he went higher than I actually had him. Um, I, I think he's got a good chance to carve out a really specific role, and I like his upside. Uh, you watch him, I think he's he's, he's a good athlete. I, I do think there's some upside there with with Osa. Um, maybe a bit of a, a of a result of the weak IDL class, even though he's he's more of that tweener role. Um, but I, I I like that pick. Um, so put that pick aside. Uh, I the Golson pick terrible. Um, good motor, but I don't, I don't know why you're taking him top 100. Nation Wright, interesting guy. If you're taking him in the mid sixth, seventh round, but I don't, man, I, I have no idea where this came from. Uh, him being a top 100 pick, and like I, I can't see any other team in the league having him anywhere close to this. So I just, this this pick makes no sense for me, even though I think he's a fun, 
interesting project with that length. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know, AJ, I just don't know. Okay, we'll say we'll say a positive. Like, do you at, at, re- realistically, sorry, yeah. realistically, outside of Micah Parsons, do you trust that any of those guys taken uh, top one hundred find a consistent role as rookies? Trust, no. And if the the only one I'd even th- no, I, I, like Joseph is going to get a shot. That's for sure. But yes, I, uh, yes. And I think the mainly big big reason why is. They need him to play. They, they need him to play. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think if if Osa has a good you know uh, summer, I think he's going to get a look um, and get a, get a kind of role there. Um, yeah, I don't. It's, it's not a. It's not a. It's not a good class, man. It's and then um, it, it, hold on. So I'll say one positive. I, I like them at least throwing all these picks at defense. They recognized how terrible it was. They're trying to make it better. They're just doing it wrong. Maybe we're wrong, but it looks like they're doing it wrong. Okay, uh, day three, the Jabril Cox pick in the fourth round. I think that's a great pick, great value. Uh, interested because they have, really, they have no. When we talk, we talked about this about Izzy Mukwamu, who they took in the sixth round, the South Carolina corner, who we think is got a chance to be moved to safety. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Jabril Cox finds himself playing because he played that overhang role and. He's a great athlete, and he covers really well. I wonder if he finds himself playing almost a strong safety role at times because uh, he'll be deployed, assumably, in cover situations where maybe he's matching up with tight ends because they have very little in terms of safeties. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Like, after DeMonte Casey, who is the only one I even really trust. Like, I love Reggie Robinson. I, I think he should get his look, but he didn't even get a look last year. So, Cox kind of being that strong safety overhang guy. Uh, Is he their cam chancellor, AJ? He could be their cam chancellor. <laughs> no, but, but for real, that that might be a, that might be the, the best way to deploy him. Uh, I think that's how they should. Yeah, give, given how terrible that talent is in the secondary, and you can kind of bank and, and on Jamal Cox. Yeah. Keanu Neal's not the same guy he was three years ago. No, no, and... Hey, uh, yeah, I guess Cox is like the the Keanu Neal backup, I guess. Which, yeah, I don't mean backup as he he'll be behind him. I mean we're taking a swing on on Keanu Neal, see what he still got, and if that yeah. doesn't work out, it's Jabil Cox. I think that's a, a kind of a smart um, play, maybe the one of the more okay. smarter uh, plays. Yeah, as for the rest of the group, fourth round, Josh Ball. Um, it's it's hard to talk about this pick because he shouldn't be allowed to play in the NFL. Yeah, uh, so let's not even talk about it. I don't want to. Um, I did. I didn't grade it. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Simi Foku, though, that's a guy who I, I, I really like that pick in the fifth round. High weight speed dude who should provide some special teams help and some yeah. depth as an outside receiver with high upside. Like that pick. Um, and I feel like we've talked about this class so much. Yeah. Bohannon, that's a good nose tackle depth pick, I thought. Like, I wouldn't have drafted him, but I you you know what role he's playing. Mukuamu's a guy we both thought was a good um, bet this late. In yeah, like the big corner. Yeah. Yeah. And then Matt Farniok, I, I, a guy I top 300 who I like and I think provides some rugged interior help as so, a depth player. Uh, it's kind of funny that the players we do like are going to kind of struggle to find a specific role or, or you know, like Fogo's so deep. And I mean, I'm not knocking the picks, but it kind of just makes them less 
fun. You know what fun. I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, okay. Let's just, let's just, we we've talked enough Cowboys. Hold on. My value. My, can I say my value grade? Yeah. Negative one hundred and thirty-seven. Perfect. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on to the New York Giants. Um, who obviously they trade back when they get jumped for Devonta Smith. They trade back at the twenty. Take Darius Tony. I give them a B. Give them a B plus, especially when you kind of roll in the 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 way Kittleman got picks and stuff. I think I think they did a good job. I don't think it's a special class. Um, and it's funny. We'll start with Tony. We've talked about this pick a lot. Where yeah. I I, I love just, the player, but it's just kind of yeah. Yeah. It's the least. It's one of the least fun places he could have ended up. That's extremely, extremely true. And I think the Giants could have spent this pick uh, more wisely. But I mean, when they come back and got Aziz Ojolari at fifty, that's that's great. But and, and Aaron Robinson seventy one steal. I yeah. think those two those two are great picks. I think the Aaron Robinson fits really good. Yeah, and a guy who should be playing. Playing in some capacity early on, yeah. uh, whether it be at nickel or outside, he's he can, he can do either, and he's a big physical press man corner. I think that's a money fit. Um, Th- that secondary needed... should look a lot better, by the way. Just sorry. Yeah, to... they've they've done a good they've done a good job both through free agency and the draft, kind of building it together. Yeah, we saw, and, we saw Xavier McKinney last year. Obviously, he missed most of the season, but came back looked good. Uh, James Bradbury was one of the best one corners in the league last so year. So underrated. And yeah. out of out of nowhere, and then all you know, uh, home struggle. But they threw picks. Love was there. Like they threw a lot of a lot of guys. They here. signed a Dory Jackson, Logan Ryan's there. Like there's a lot of dudes. And then they came back and got Rodarius Williams, the kind of a interesting guy to develop too. Jabril. So I I think the secondary should look a lot better, um, especially than mm-hmm. it did two years ago when it was one of the worst in the league. And with, with the Zizo Jalari pick, that's a, a team that desperately needs. Yeah more pass rush like they have some solid talent like lorenzo carter oshin Zimenez, but azizo jolari adds so much more juice to your pa- and hopefully he is i i almost want him to only be used early on as a situational pass rusher so you can get just the most out of him as a pass rusher and keep him fresh throughout the season almost like but more more than the how the Bengals used carl lawson but like in that that same vein i guess because he's such a he's a twitched up dude with violent hands, and, and this is, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And and, and uh, a guy I think Patrick Graham can get a lot out of him. And I, I think that is going to be his role because when you look at this Giants front seven, uh, they got a lot of good run defenders, especially straight up in the front. So I I don't think he's going to be have to get tossed in on rundowns. So having him as a specific just just guy who can go mm-hmm. after the quarterback on third downs or whatever the other pass rush situation. Um, I, I think that's great. And, like, I don't know. I think he's better than any other true edges they have. Like, Lorenzo yeah. Carter, I'm st- it, I, st- I still like, but he's, you know, he's coming along, right? And they, they, they clearly, speaking of Lorenzo Carter, like, Lorenzo Carter has absurd length. Yeah. They got a couple really long guys. In the, in the fourth round, they take Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa, who I did not like this early. But a guy who's another long, freaky athlete who yeah. isn't obviously isn't going to have to play right away. So you can take him along slowly and develop him. And he has big flashes at Northern Iowa. Uh, it's just the consistency, and he needs to learn how to unlock his hands. But this is a good landing spot for him. Yeah, again, I, I totally agree. It's too early, but I'm not I'm not completely surprised at all that he ended up going around here. I kind of anticipated he'd be a fourth round guy. 
Um, and yeah, t- for them to take the swing on, on the length and athleticism, I think is a smart smart swing. Um, sixth round, they, they take Gary Braywell and Rudarius Williams, like you mentioned. Braywell, a, a late, late, late riser. A guy who, if he learns not to fumble, I think could be a very solid backup running back in the NFL. He also needs to learn to pass protect. But Yeah, the, the pass protection's really, really poor. But as like a pure, you know, kind of goal line guy, a guy that can spell Saquon Barkley a bit. Um, One cut physical runner, great contact balance. Yeah, I like the pick. And this, like, I, I had him 200 even going 196. It's cool. And I, I like the swing of Rodarius Williams. I thought he was uh, should have won a, maybe a smidge earlier than this at 201. Um, older prospect, but we saw you, you see some flashes from him. So, again, adding to that secondary, uh, outside guy, obviously, I, I like that pick. I think it's just a really well-rounded, good class. It's a solid draft. It's a really solid draft. Gettleman did a really good yeah, job this year. The, the the thing that kept me at the B is really just Kadarius Tony's fit. I yeah. don't trust that they're going to use him right. Me neither. And but I I had him eighteen. Uh, sorry, eighteenth uh, on my board. So I getting him forty. I was much lower. Yeah, I was, I was a lot higher on him. Right. Yeah. So by the way, value negative uh, five. So pretty much like good value for all all around. Uh, on to the Philadelphia Eagles. Who this class specifically was one of my favorites and. I don't know that that's the kid. Like, no one's saying they had a bad class or anything, but they took a lot of guys who I personally really like. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up giving them an A. Uh, I also give them an A. Okay, perfect. This, uh, yeah, this is my favorite class of the, the, the groups uh, we've done today. Um, they trade up, they get their, their, their go to pass catcher, Devonta Smith, give Jalen Hurts a guy he's familiar with, um, the best pure ball skills in the class, uh, one of the best rare runners in the class, the Heisman winner. Could do anything you need him to do. Really, the only true knock was his his slight build. Um, I'm I I'm glad he kind of ends up on a team in Philly who really needs someone to step up immediately. Yeah. Um, they took obviously uh, Jalen Reagan in the first round last year and very very inconsistent rookie season. And after that, like it's it, you gotta assume it's Smith Rager and Travis Fulgham as your starting three. <laughs> so sick uh but no i totally agree i love first of all i think he, he's gonna fit the city of philadelphia very well i love i love getting like an alpha dog quiet alpha dog mentality there in the wide receiver room kind of like obviously he's the he's the best receiver on the team immediately um <laughs> but i think i think he can do more than that like just kind of be that quiet leader and kind of maybe maybe bring rager along better you know what i mean i think just his presence is going to mean a lot for this Philadelphia and, Eagles passing game. And Landon Dickerson's another guy who you're just going to – back-to-back Alabama, same as uh, the Patriots. Um, another guy who you're just going to absolutely love in the locker room. And to me, top top 20 player, yeah. um, you can he, – he can – you I think you mentioned this literally on our last show that he can compete for for the starting guard spot now and be the, the Jason Kelsey replacement when Kelsey retires. Yeah, exactly. I mean – if everything clears out for him this year, I mean, I expect him to to be starting at guard. And like you said, whenever Kelsey's ready to, to hang it up, he kicks inside, and you got another almost all, all pro potential center uh, for another decade. Like, I, I think I think this is absolutely terrific pick. Um, and you know, it's it's I mean, maybe not to get off topic, but uh, I thought it was really interesting to see Dickerson go thirty seven and more than um, worthy of that pick. Um, obviously, I think he's a steal. And then the way Humphrey fell, too, I thought that was kind of interesting in terms of the, the draft as a whole. 
Um, yeah, they, they, uh, those first two picks, I think, really high floor guys. Like, yeah. both, everyone should be expecting them to both start immediately. Um, it's going to be, oh, they're such a strange team, and it's going to be strange to see how it all plays out. And then the third round, they get a personal favorite of mine in Milton Williams, who I had as a top 50 player, um, who I, I think is going to be a fun watch to see if he's just, on, he, I assume, going to be in the interior rotation pretty early on. Mm-hmm ridiculous athlete really good run defender um kind of a a bit of a late riser uh how do you feel about this pick because i know it's higher on them than you yeah like i had him 89th so the value is is fine for me oh because so yeah yeah and i i like the fit a lot i think the philadelphia eagles are going to get the most out of milton williams we we i mean you can see from this this class they end up throwing a lot of picks at, at edge and idl later but this is obviously their the crown jewel um, and you, you know, watching the Eagles the last five years, all they want to have a, a great deep defensive line, and that's been hollowed out the last couple of years. So, um, bringing in Milton Williams, I think, is great. You kind of got some versatility with him too. Um, and I like I, I outside of Javon Hargrave um, and Fletcher Cox, like like I think it's Milton Williams. Like, there's not really yeah. much else there, even and though. He- I, he, I like I like Marlon T. I think Marlon T. Later in the sixth round, I, the first one, I think it's a great pick, and I think he's going to get a, a nice role as a just a run plug too. So I think they're kind of, they rebuilt this defense line pretty well pretty quickly. Yeah, I think the plus with Milton Williams is he has the athleticism to kind of be that three tech penetrator, yeah. but he's also got the stoutness and and the ability to anchor down and and play a bit of one tech if he needs to. He played five tech at Louisiana Tech and four I. Like he played all over that Louisiana Tech. Uh, D-line and getting yep. that versatility as a depth player with high upside considering his athleticism, that's awesome. Um, fourth round, Zach McPherson, a guy we both love. I think we, <laughs> I'm assuming we both like, love this pick. This was kind of right around where I had him. I think you look at him as the future starting nickel. Yeah, I, I had him 112, so like it, it's right around where I had him too. Uh, that secondary was obviously uh, quite a disaster, and it's been a quite a disaster. And I think, I think yeah, I think you get Zach and I, uh, at some point, he's going to be the starting nickel. It might not be immediately, but I mean, the way we've seen those Eagles DBs get hurt, I mean, I think you're going to see him on the field sooner rather than later. He could be contributing early. Yeah, they don't have like a true nickel, clear cut starting nickel right now, and he's a dude who just plays so tough. That that that's the other thing. Between those first four picks, well, really, just the whole class in general. Toughness. It's a lot of toughness. Yes, and I think I think and they needed high that. motor guys. They yeah. needed that, especially after like all the talk uh, that's come out the last you know year or so. Um, they needed that. And then one fifty, they get Kenny Gain while they stop his slide. And with him, you you've got Nick Sirianni. Say what you will about him, but the Colts did a great mm-hmm. job utilizing Naeem Hines as the pass catching back to complement the starter. And I'm hoping that's the role Kenny. Gainwell gets to carve out for himself to compliment Miles Sanders. They yeah. obviously still have Boston Scott as well. Um, but this feels like a really good fit for him to get utilized with his – like his pass-catching ability was his X factor. Yeah, no, totally. And he, he feels like the absolutely perfect complimentary back to Miles Sanders. Um, like, like Almost a similar similar – like Sanders can catch the ball pretty decently. But obviously Gainwell is really, really good at it. So they kind of like if when when Sanders got to come off the field, you're really not losing anything. Plus you get like you said, the Sirianni working things in for Gainwell. 
Um, I, I love this pick. I think it's an absolute slam dunk. And then the final four picks, you mentioned Marlon T. They get him in the sixth round. They get Teron Jackson in the sixth round. Jacoby Stevenson or Jacoby Stevens at the sixth round, and then Patrick Johnson in the seventh round. So three three front seven players, three defensive linemen. Marlon T playing, uh, I'm assuming, as the one-tech knows. Teron Jackson gives you some edge kick inside versatility, and Patrick Johnson is more of the edge, can play some Sam linebacker versatility, uh, where Jacoby Stevens is like a box safety spe- special teams type Um I think all four pretty solid picks, all, all solid value. Totally agree. I, I think low-key J- Jacoby Stevens could be a sneaky good pick. Um, letting him kind of uh, just, just convert to linebacker. Because obviously they yeah. had a big need at linebacker, and he kind of fits exactly what they want as a linebacker. Um, value-wise, I think it was a good good value too. Like I, I could have seen him go in the fifth round, um, let alone the, the late sixth. So yeah, I, I think that's a sneaky, really good pick, and I think all four of those late picks are make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, me, me too. I, I really like Patrick Johnson, so I'm, I'm happy he's, a, he's in a place where if he, if he makes the team, it's a, it's a hard roster to make, but he, he uh, they've done a good job, um, building depth on the defensive line, so I like that spot. They uh, got finally, the- Washington football. Sorry, sorry. My value, my value. They got the best value on the day, plus 177. I, I don't know if any team's going to top that, to be honest. Finally, the Washington football team. Um, I give them an A minus. Uh, I give them a B plus. I was a little higher on that Jamin Davis pick uh, than you were at 19. Um, he's a guy who he's second in defensive rookie of the year odds. I think that's the guy I would probably be betting on because mm-hmm. he, he walks into the perfect situation where he has the best defensive line in the league in front of him. He's going to be starting from day one because inside linebacker was the clear hole in this defense. Yeah. He's a freaky athlete who's going to be playing for uh, Ron Rivera, who's got a history of coaching up some great linebackers. Um, I, I think his combination of size, athleticism, and coverability, slam dunk pick. Yeah. I know the value wasn't necessarily there because he's an off-ball linebacker, and I had him, I think, 32 on my board, but I... I if you, it, it's hard to knock it when the fit, and I think he's just gonna instant impact player. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, like it, when it first happened, I'm like, I wasn't too sure on it, but it's really grown on me because, like, I, I had him 46 on my board, um, so I, I did think it was a bit of a reach. But the fit is terrific. The need is 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 really clear. Um, <laughs> just getting that guy behind the offensive line where he can just hit and run. Uh, I definitely think he, he. If I had to put money, he might be my choice for uh, defense rookie of the year at this point. Because he, he's, he's going to rack up the tackles there. You can say a lot of the same things about them taking Samuel Cosme 51, where he's the with the tackles available, yeah. kind of the best athlete there, maybe a little bit more raw than some of these other guys, but with some good offensive linemen already in town uh, and a clear need, mm-hmm. he first of all, he might not have to play right away, but if he does, like he's... He, his technique is a little wonky, and he's get way better with his hands and his base. But his feet and his uh, like he, he he's so quick at working to his landmarks. He's such a great smooth athlete working backwards. He and he he gets out in space so well. I really like this fit. I had him a little lower on my board, but I really like the fit. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think it's a great fit. Obviously, huge need for them. Uh, I had him sixtieth, so this is absolutely fine value for me. Um, I like the pick. I like the pick a lot. It's gonna be kind of interesting to see 
uh, what this offensive line looks like when it's all shaken out and, and on the field week one. Um, I, I, do you think Cosme's starting week one? Like, because, like, Cornelius Lucas is, like, a solid placeholder. Serviceable, yeah. Yeah, to the point where I don't know if, like, it will be a, a definite need to start in week one, but he should be competing, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I think, think it, yeah, I think if he, if he's they started week one, you're really happy because it means he looked great. And if he's not, it's no big deal because he can, like you said, he can do some time sitting and, and you're fine with Cornelius Lucas for now. Uh, third round, they take Benjamin St. Juice, uh, the Canadian, and Diami Brown. Um, so go corner and receiver. St. Juice, I thought, was a big reach. I know a lot of people are a lot higher on him than I was. Um, but another one where it's a really good fit, and they've done a really good job building this secondary to the point where he, if when he is on the field, he's going to be in the most ideal situations. Like, they signed William Jackson to be their number one corner. Kettle Fuller is generally matching up at with like he he moves all over the place as a matchup guy, uh, and then you get some some more length in a press man guy in Benjamin St. Juice. Yeah, and maybe maybe you can turn into your kind of your tight end eraser too. Um, I like so, that. Yeah. So again, yeah, it was a it was a pretty sizable reach for me as well. As a Canadian, super happy to see him go this high. That was awesome. Um, especially Palmer a couple of picks, picks later too. But yeah, it's funny because I. I it's a reach, but I kind of like the pick because I feel like the, they got a good plan in mind for him, and I think it's a good fit. And then the Diami Brown pick I thought was an awesome pick yeah. at Lee too. Uh, I thought he was going to go a lot higher. And me too. He, me too. It, he, to me, plugs in right away. Um, in between him, Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin, there's just so much athleticism. And he he's he improved a lot as a route runner this past year in North Carolina, and he for for being more known for his speed, he does a really good job attacking the football, being physical at the catch point. I love this pick. I think it's especially with what you assume Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be doing as their quarterback. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to watch Fitzpatrick get face masked and chucking the ball up to Diami Brown 50 yards downfield, and he's coming down with it. I love that. Yeah, I'd say Adam 65th, and we kind of heard rumblings that he might go earlier than that. So for him to, to end up being there at 82 when they pull the trigger on that, uh, I, I think it's the best pick that they made uh, during the draft. Um, and then fourth round, a, a, a pretty bad value in John yeah. Bates, the tight end for Boise State. But Bates is a guy where I hate the value, but I think he's going to play in the NFL for a really long time because he's one of the better blockers of the class, trustworthy hands, yeah. really good job using his size. Like I think he immediately becomes a tight end too behind Logan Thomas. Yeah, like I – do not like the value in the least. I like the player though, and I, I think you kind of hit it all. Like he had a really nice senior bowl week, kind of, kind of, kind of yep. flashed a bit uh, with his, with the hands. And you, you watch the tape; he's a really, really solid blocker. I totally agree. He's going to be in the league for a long time. Um, so like, it, it's funny because when we're sitting here now, it's like, oh my god, how can you do that one twenty four? But five, ten years down the road, when he's still in the league, and a lot of guys ahead of him aren't. It looks like a lot better pick, right? But, I mean, still in a vacuum, I, I don't like the pick. But you know what I'm trying to defend Bates a little bit yeah. there. <laughs> but it's okay because they got our guy Derek Forrest uh, I love it. In, in the fifth round. And last year they got Cameron Curl late, and he became a guy for them. Uh, and, and Derek Forrest, I think, is an interesting maybe down-the-road potential starter for them. Yeah. And but immediate, immediate stud on special teams. It, yeah, I, again, I don't think he's going to be starting early, but – 
there is a pathway for him to be, and and there is a pathway for him to be a, a starter down the road, definitely. Like you said, uh, he's going to be great special teams immediately, and I feel like he just fits that secondary so well. Him and Cam Curl beside each other potentially down the road uh, is going to be a, a super fun, uh, nasty downhill duo. And then uh, sixth round, they get a long snapper because they need one. <laughs> Throw the University of Michigan a bone. Cameron Cheeseman, congrats, AJ. Thanks, man. Um, and then th- I love all three of their seventh round picks. William Bradley King, Shaka Tony, Dax Milne. So they get one edge rusher in King, Bradley King, who is fantastic with his hands, and one in Tony, who's a freaky explosive guy. So got two guys who do, do it different ways and provide depth um, to the best defensive line in the league. And then Dax Milne, who I think was one of the more underrated receivers because Zach Wilson got all the shine. Pretty smooth route runner, really natural hands, has some length in the slot. I like that pick. Yeah, all three of those guys after 240 is kind of really, really, really good. Um, I, th- I think uh, William Bradley King has the best chance to be to, to, to kind of turn into something for Washington. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, all said and done, a really solid class. Weird with the long snapper, but I kind of just ignored that a little bit. Um, the value ended up being negative 66, but kind of just got, you know, ruined by the reaches of Bates and, and St. Juice, even though I don't – St. Juice, yeah. I think they're good fits, so it's kind of kind of funny. So I think – I didn't really put it into my grade of, of the B+. Plus. I think it was, it's a good haul for, for the Washington. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, and next week we'll be doing the AFC and NFC North. So prepare to have me talk about how Pittsburgh drafted positions – that were not valuable to draft. Uh, and before we go, I've made my decision. It was a good segue, Rob. Congratulations, buddy. 